0: welcome to you but more powerful i'm your host Rhiannon and this is your go-to podcast for raw and expansive messages from health fitness business and mindset and as always with a little bit of fun sprinkled in my purpose is to help you step into your most powerful self and build your dream life you'll gain clarity connection and confidence with a whole lot of practical skills along the way i know you're in exactly the right place to level up build the body, mindset, and life you absolutely love and thrive in. Let's go. Hey, and welcome back to another episode. Today, we are going to be discussing the menstrual cycle. So I will start off by saying there is a free resource that is extremely valuable that is going to summarize. A lot of this stuff has a little bit more of the practical application in there too. Um, You'll find it in the show notes, link in description, absolutely free. So make sure you go down and grab yourself a copy. It will be very valuable. And especially if you do have a menstrual cycle, you know, someone with a menstrual cycle, you want to learn more about the menstrual cycle, maybe you're coaching people and you want to know more about this stuff as well. And we're going to really discuss today all the ins and outs, kind of a bit of a summary and then move on to body image. So I'm going to kind of touch on certain things with our menstrual cycle, but really move into that body image space and just having a bit of a conversation, opening up the dialogue around that and just the way that our cycle may impact this. um, I think it's very worthwhile. We have a chat. So, when we think about the menstrual cycle and what it is, essentially, it's our, you know, monthly hormonal changes that occur in a woman's body. So, typically, it lasts about 28 days. Um, you know, again, this is going to vary ever so slightly, um, you know, a week, 28 to 35-ish days is kind of considered the quotation marks normal. I hate using that word, but whatever. And basically, it involves various different phases of hormonal changes, right, right? So things like our estrogen, our progesterone, and they're going to, you know, fluctuate and change, which then fluctuates our body, our energy levels, our, you know, even the way that we hold water, like what we look like. And this kind of then ties into a little bit of mood and body image. And it's really important and big focus I have inside of my coaching is detaching our feelings from facts, right? Right feelings and I actually digress again, but I had this conversation with a really good friend the other day and they, you know, sometimes we do just want to have our feelings validated. I get that. Like it might be like friends, family, like whatever it may be. We want to learn how we can sort of validate ourselves. But something that I, I really reiterated was your feelings are always valid. They're just not always truths. Okay. So, how we feel is very, very valid. Like it is, that's, that's the feeling that we are feeling. So who are we to say like, that's not valid. No, the feeling is valid, but it's not always a truth. So you might feel really shitty because someone said something to you or you saw something and it, you know, caused a visceral response in some way. Now, someone might have just said something quite dismissive with absolutely no malice or, you know, no intention behind it whatsoever, but we've taken it one particular way, right? So, how we feel in that moment, it's like, okay, that feeling is impacting us, but that person absolutely did not mean anything by it, right? And so, then when we start to differentiate our feelings always valid. And then what's actually happening in there? Let's get curious about that. What was the interaction? What would I have liked to have done, you know, happened or occurred differently? How would, how would I have had not this feeling? And I'd had that feeling. And they're starting to get curious about that stuff and really uncovering the truth. So that's a topic for another day, but I really thought it was important because the way that we feel can very much be impacted by some of the menstrual cycle and we don't want that to dictate how we act because our feelings aren't facts and we should not be acting just based on how we feel, right? If I sat in my feelings say I'm, you know, technically quite tired, <laughs> And I feel like just kicking back, reading a book, but i got work to do, right? And I know future self is going to thank myself. So it's just really differentiating our feelings. Feelings always being valid. They're not always truth. They're not always facts. And we don't want to act based on our feelings. This is why prior planning is really important. Clarity on the goal, the why behind it. How's it linked to our values? How are we going to feel when we achieve it? What are the steps that we need to take no matter what? And these are the steps that we do, even if we feel a bit shitty, right? And obviously, there's nuances with everything. I'm not going to go down all the different tangents and rabbit holes, but that is really important to, I guess, get. So, let's go back into the menstrual cycle because that's what we're here for today. We have essentially four different phases of the menstrual cycle. Okay. So, menstruation... So it typically lasts for about three to seven days. Again, this is going to vary and a big reason why I get everyone to track their cycle. They don't need to use tracking apps if they don't want to, but we have a look at this in our data trackers because it is very important. And then, so that's our menstruation. Then we have our follicular phase. Um, So This follows menstruation. This is essentially um, where the follicles in the ovaries really start to develop they produce estrogen um, and this phase essentially lasts until we ovulate the next phase we have is ovulation so ovulation occurs when an egg is released from the ovary um, and this usually happens around the middle of the menstrual cycle so you know for some people that's specifically on day 14 um, in our 28 day cycle some people's cycle length is going to vary some people's um, ovulation day is going to vary as well um, so this is essentially when our estrogen Levels peak, and they trigger the release of the LH hormone, so the luteinizing hormone um, that facilitates the ovulation, and the really the releasing of the egg um, is a crucial component in you know creating life and, and getting pregnant. Um, so that's that 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 ovulation period. Okay, we're going to go into all the ins and outs of that. I could talk on this stuff for ages. Actually, one of the girls in the team would absolutely love to have this combo. So, might have to park that for then. But anyway, moving on to the luteal phase. Okay. So, this occurs after ovulation. Um, This is when this phase essentially begins. And this is the the ruptured follicle. Um, Sounds pretty rough, doesn't it? Um, Trans, you know, transforms into the corpus luteum, which produces progesterone. Okay. So, this is where some, you know, things can occur during this luteal phase. Um, this is, you know, from that day 14 onwards until we start menstruation and then, you know, we kind of keep going around from there in that cyclical nature, okay? There's a lot of like conversations. There's actually another um, good resource. I'll have to I'll have to find it. But basically, it really talks about how, um, you know, women, we do work off a... Um, monthly cycle as opposed to a daily cycle um, where, you know, men, our male counterparts are working off that 24-hour clock, essentially their hormones kind of go over, Um, whereas, you know, where ours is over a month. So we're kind of like working with the day-to-day as well as the monthly, okay? So it's really important. Now, hormonal changes um, during our menstrual cycle in the different phases can actually lead to fluctuations in weight, in hunger, um, in mood, and all these things. Okay. So when we're looking at So let's discuss like in detail, kind of the luteal phase. This is the one that gets a bit of a bad rap. (laughs) This is where like, if you have any kind of PMS symptoms, you get a bit irritated, um, you know, all these different things. I know for myself, um, you know, this is a a self-discovery thing. And this is why a big thing that I teach in in my coaching is like learning more about yourself. You're going to live with yourself forever. Like just letting you know, (laughs) like you and you, we need to become besties, babe, because you're going to be around for the long haul. Okay. So, learning about all this stuff is so important because it tells us so much information. Yeah. So, these hormonal changes, these fluctuations can, you know, we can experience things like during this luteal phase specifically, our water retention. So some women um, do experience, I know myself, absolutely during the premenstrual phase, this luteal phase, a little bit of temporary weight gain. Now for me, um, typically this is, you know, I want to say three to four days, maybe four days before my cycle typically begins. Um, and again, this is just due to those hormonal changes that cause, you know, the fluid retention, cause a little bit of bloating. Um, and we need to know that this is temporary weight gain, and it's not fat gain. I'm talking weight gain here. Okay. It's literally, Temporary and it's going to resolve as our menstrual cycle progresses. Now, I do have a podcast episode. We'll link it below that you can go and have a chat or listen, not a chat. You can hear me chat with one of the other ladies, um, just around different foods and things that will impact the way that we hold certain weight and all that kind of stuff, just, um, you know, changing things we can look at the way our food can play a role in this as well. Um, but I'll, I'll let you guys go listen to that. So then when we're looking at this luteal phase, um, this is where we can have, you know, an increased sort of hunger and some cravings. Um, and, you know, some people will experience this, others won't um, during this premenstrual phase again, and it's going to vary, but it very much can be from, um, you know, the, ne- the next bit I was going to speak about, which is the raise in our basal metabolic rate. So that raise in our body temperature and the rate that we're burning energy. Okay. So our energy expenditure is going to change ever so slightly. So if we are just sitting at maintenance, right? I don't have my ruler on me, but maintenance, energy balance, we're just going to use these sunglasses. Okay. So we've got the energy balance here. A positive energy balance means we're consuming more and burning less. Negative energy balance, we're consuming less, burning more. Neutral energy balance, we're consuming the same. So saying that we're sitting at maintenance, all of a sudden the beautiful luteal phase comes on in and now our energy expenditure goes up without us doing anything different, which then puts us into a negative energy balance, right? Not huge, but just ever so slightly, this is that increase in hunger and in cravings and things like that, okay? So if we're none the wiser, we're not tracking this information and we don't see this, we don't know about ourselves, we could experience dips in energy, we could experience these cravings and we think, okay, why are we hungry? We shouldn't be hungry. This kind of whole dialogue to cut through all of that, tracking this information, knowing this information, getting really in tune with yourself. You know, For some people, we're then able to increase our food. Um, if we're in a deficit phase and we want to use it to our advantage, we might use it to our advantage. If we're in a growth phase, we don't unintentionally want to come back down to maintenance. So we might, again, add some extra food in. It's all going to depend and varies is why personalization is key, okay? So we need to understand like how these sort of things impact us. So if we're not going to increase that extra food, we need to know that, okay, we might be a little bit more fatigued. We might be a little bit more tired. And I know personally myself, if I'm able to get an extra hour of sleep and even if it's, and I know heaps of people are going to be like, how? (laughs) Even if I can't always get the sleep, even if I just get an extra hour of downtime or rest or just get into bed earlier. And I just, I try not to plan a lot of things around the back end of that menstrual cycle phase, if possible. Like there are times where, We don't have the flexibility um, to be able to do that. But if you can, you know, not planning a heap of social events during that time, it's just going to help you be more aware and in tune with your body and allow yourself to just process this kind of time a little bit differently, okay? There's a little like spiritual stuff on that side of things as well, which I'm not going to delve into at the moment. But when we're able to, um, you know, just be a little bit more introspective and be with ourselves, you know, we can understand and process these things a little bit better. And then we can also see how our, Self image might change during this time. Okay, so it's really important. And anytime I hear any kind of like body image related stuff, and we have a look at where we're at in the cycle, because I can again, I'm picturing my little spreadsheet that we've got all our data in. When we see that, and we go, okay, this you know, this is the time where we've experienced this last cycle. And this is where we compare our data from this phase of our cycle to last phase of our cycle. We're able to see that historical data gives us the tools to make the good decisions on what we need to do. But it's like, okay, let's park these feelings. And I do this for myself as well and go, okay, cool. Like you might feel X, Y, and Z, remember, feelings, valid, aren't always facts. And we're not always going to take action on them, right? So, park it, write it down, use those practices and go, okay, I'm just going to write this stuff down and then I'm going to revisit it. Once my cycle has come, I've started my bleed and a couple of days in because typically around like day three or day four is your leanest look. Um, everyone's going to be a little bit different, but you drop a lot of that water weight. You're feeling good. Things are different. So it's like, okay, actually now revisit those feelings. Are they still there or was it just kind of fabricated by our hormonal changes? I hope you're enjoying this episode. I just wanted to take a quick break to let you know how you can work with me. I currently have places inside of the Glow Up program. If you don't know what this is, it is a completely personalized programming, nutrition, and education online coaching service. I've specifically designed this to help women get strong and shape their physique, whether that's lose fat, build muscle, or both. The Glow Up is best suited for women who love lifting, but haven't ever had their programming or nutrition customized specifically to them. Maybe you've dabbled in some classes or you've seen some results from PDFs and other app programs. You want to get better, more efficient and long-term sustainable results all whilst learning a whole heap about your body along the way. Maybe you've had a coach before but you're still struggling with overtraining, Undereating and that all or nothing fixed mindset approach. Nothing is ever good enough, and you want to be able to hit those results without constantly crashing and burning or just burning the candle at both ends. To claim your spot, DM me the go up on Instagram or hit the show notes for your application form. I'll be in touch to let you know for a good fit. Now, when we're looking at cultivating a really positive body image and appreciation for ourselves and just self acceptance and Ultimately confidence, like cultivating this like yeah, a good relationship with our body is we're going to need to practice acceptance. Acceptance of where we are and a little bit of self-compassion, right? Treating ourselves with respect and, you know, looking after ourselves. This involves prioritizing our sleep, nourishing our body with nutritious foods, regular exercise, stress management. All of these things are part of self-care. Like you can look up the World Health Organization's definition of self-care and it's literally all of these things promoting our well being. So having a bit of self- Compassion. We can have high standards, but we need a little bit of self compassion as well, right? And we need to understand okay, it's our process getting our results, not the result itself, and being able to go, okay, this is all part of my process. This menstrual cycle, this is just another phase. And again, you know, we have, if we're having a regular cycle, you know, one week out of each month, that's 12 weeks a year. 12 weeks a year is three months. That's a quarter of your year, right? It's a, it's a long time each year. We're, if we're around for 80 years, you know, more, hopefully, I'm thinking 80 more years. How old will I be? Surely by the time I'm getting that, that old, maybe I can live to like 150. I've got stuff that I want to do, guys. Anyway, so having a look at, you know, all of this respect and kindness and compassion, but also treating ourselves right. And again, remember, feelings, valid, not always fact, and we don't always need to take action on them. Okay. So, you know, practicing a little bit of that, then looking at things of like being connected with ourselves and being like, if I treat myself well, what am I capable of? Like, when I look after my body and I nourish it and I get it to sleep and I wait, like it performs. And then focusing on that performance, I mean like, okay, like I can smash out the gym. I can do this. I feel like an absolute baddie. Like all of these things. So focusing on that performance and focusing on our health, not necessarily just our appearance, right? So shifting our focus solely from our appearance to health, wellness, performance altogether. Now, this is a bit of a controversial topic. I am absolutely all for appearance-based goals, especially when it comes from a place of like kindness, self-compassion, love, and acceptance. And it's like, fuck yeah, let's see what we're capable of. But see how it comes back to that capabilities. It's the capability that we're excited about. Of like, what can I do? How big can I grow my glutes? How tight can I get my waist? How shredded can I get this? Right? All of these things, it's like, what am I capable of doing? And it really then comes back to those capabilities and that that connection with ourselves and and being a machine and being like, all right, how do I, how do I focus on getting more performance out of this? How do I build the resilience? How do I, you know, focus on my strength and do all these things? Right. So really looking after ourselves. Again, from that well-rounded standpoint, really focusing on what does health mean to you, and this is something that um, I've gotten all the girls inside of the photo shoot group to do—is really define what do you what do you define health as? Yeah, and then we want to start to surround ourselves with this this positive influence and vibe. So whether that's our you know our social circle, we know the top five people that we hang around. You know, it really heavily impacts us. Having our vision board, you know, honing in on the benefits of the reticular activating system and how that actually helps us seek out these things that we want to achieve, right? You know, surrounding that is going to help you, you know, appreciate yourself more, be really excited about the journey that you're taking not other people. Um and you know, focusing on like decluttering, this is a big one as well. So when we're focusing on these positive influences, Anything that is not vibing with that on your social media newsfeed, get rid of it. If you find yourself still you know, comparing to certain people, even if you can't unfollow, you know, I beg to differ. No, but even if you can't, I get it. Mute. Mute it for a period of time, right? Maybe during the menstrual cycle part. It's like, okay, cool. During my luteal phase, like I find myself, you know, down a rabbit hole on this, this, and this. Okay, I'm going to park that for now. Like put these strategies and things in place and really challenge out our negative thoughts. Okay. So how do we do that? We have those spaces and times in our day. Okay. What's the negative thoughts that I've had about myself today? Okay. How can I counter those? So these are the thoughts that I've had. What are the counters to that? What would I say to someone else? And, you know, going, okay, what did Ree say? All right. I'm on day 18, 19, 20, or maybe I'm 23. I see a lot of, a lot of day 23s that rock the boat, right? Of the menstrual cycle. So, if I'm here, how can I park this to revisit when I know that my self-worth and body image isn't going to be swayed by any hormonal fluctuations? So, feelings are totally valid right now. Write them down. Let's revisit it again because then if it's still there, there's some extra work that we may need to do and we might need to seek professional support, right? If you're finding it really challenging to develop a, a positive body image, it is so important to seek that external support right? They, you know, do not underestimate this. Like, and I work side-by-side. I have a lot of women within the team who either are currently um, seeking that support. It works hand-in-hand with what we're doing. They've worked with it before, Like it can really help you get through some of these deeper insecurities and these negative beliefs, but being, you know, putting yourself in all of the environment where it's focusing on our processes and our acceptance and our compassion while we grind and hustle, that's going to help you as well. Yeah. So again, looking after yourself is so important. It's focusing on how you feel. I know that when I eat, poorly. I'm like, ugh, like I just feel yuck. And it's like it, it it is harder to be more self-accepting. It is harder to want to perform because you're feeling sluggish and gross and you're not treating your body like your best friend, right? So, being able to focus on that performance, it's like, all right, well, when I feed it this, it does this. How exciting, like making it fun. Yeah. So, understanding that, you know, our our menstrual cycle is potentially going to play a little bit of havoc. So, let's track this stuff. Let's get on top of it. Let's be aware and go, okay, cool. We're heading into the danger zone, we like to say within the team. What are we going to do? How are we going to execute? How are we going to look after ourselves a bit more? How are we going to prioritize a little bit more sleep? How are we going to understand that? Our energy levels may be a little bit impacted. How are we going to understand that our strength might feel, you know, we may not feel as strong. How can we structure accordingly? Back to the productivity stuff, how can we plan out? Okay, cool. I'm going to, you know, usually on this day, this day, and this day of my menstrual cycle, I feel really off. All right. Well, how could I structure my week so I can still tick the box with all the things I need to do in terms of my non-negotiables and still nourish myself and still perform and still, you know, do all this sort of stuff. But, I can be proactive in my approach rather than reactive and be like, oh, I didn't get there today because of X, Y, and Z. And then feel, see how that's really damaging. We need to fill our confidence cup every single day, right? So we can be ahead of this stuff so important. Like I said, tracking your cycle is huge. Focusing on your body being like a vessel, like being your absolute best friend. Like what are those performance things? Like how, how do we stack up compared to the last part of our menstrual cycle? Where are we at there? Like that stuff is really important. And again, having an objective eye like a coach to help you challenge this stuff, really pull you out of being like right in the thick of it and being so emotionally invested and shifting our focus. Like <clears throat> shifting away from the scale being a pure measure of self-worth, it is not at all like practice going thank you, being grateful for the reading it gives you. And be like, okay, cool. You know, taking the averages across the, the week rather than focusing and hyper-focusing on the daily fluctuations, right? Paying attention to our improvements in our strength and our flexibility and our endurance and our overall well-being and how we stack up this menstrual cycle compared to last time, like constant, you know, growth and yeah, performance. Like just shift that focus and focus on those non-scale victories. And this is why having aesthetic goals, absolutely love it having some performance ones that go side by side. This is really, really helpful. Yeah. Cause this is going to help us be able to practice a little bit more of that self-acceptance and focus on what our body can do, regardless of where it's at. You know, we understand that our self-worth isn't based on how we actually look. It is a combination of multiple different things and journal on that. What do you define your self-worth on? Like what, what does that come from? Right. Right. So being able to be really grateful for what our body does for us, how we can focus on when we fuel at this, what does it do? How does it feel when I eat all those vegetables? Oh, the vitality, the wellness, amazing! And I do more, right? And then shifting our focus again, like back into the sustainable sort of habit. So building stuff that really, again, process focus each and every day, non-negotiables, our day-to-day tasks that move us towards that overarching goal, right? So we can start to practice that non-attachment appreciating ourselves, what we can do, cultivating a little bit more of a a healthier relationship with ourselves and our body. And this can really help our body image, but really understanding that our feelings aren't always facts. And when we've got the facts there, we can go, okay, cool. This is where we're at in this part of the cycle. Let's revisit it at another point. Okay. So positive body image isn't believing that your body looks really good, no matter what. It's knowing that you are good, your body is good no matter how it looks, right? And all of these things together are the winning combination. So, hopefully that gives you a little bit more of an insight into our menstrual cycle. Like I said, in the show notes, you're going to find a lot more detail all around like training and nailing all that sort of stuff. This was purely focused more so around our, our self-worth and our image and nourishing ourselves. Um, I might even leave the link to the World Health Organization's definition of um what is it? Self-care. That's really important. I'll leave that in there and you can go and have a look for yourself. If you do want to know a little bit more about the cycle or whatever it may be, I welcome what kind of you know topics and things that you want to hear from me as well. I absolutely love and appreciate your input and your feedback because I want to create things that are going to help you guys. Um, but with that being said, I'm going to wrap up this podcast episode and I will see you guys in the next one. Thank you for listening to the You But More Powerful Podcast. If you're determined to continue to expand and grow and reach heights you never thought were possible, you'll want to make sure you're subscribed so you'll never miss out on a single episode. If you loved today's, I would absolutely love your feedback and to see you tag at you, but more powerful underscore podcast on Instagram. See you guys in the next episode.